I got love for you, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that, out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast. The government name is Cabral Richards, but many of you know me as Cabbie Richards. Way easier to pronounce, way easier to remember. Good evening. I've been trying to produce these podcasts with more frequency, but I've been traveling a lot because of my responsibility to get Cabby Presents out on the TV side on SportsCenter here on TSN in, um, in Canada. You can see them all on YouTube. If you ever want to fall into a YouTube rabbit hole for a good 45, 48 minutes, just like punch in TSN Canada into YouTube and then you'll find a bunch of segments. So even if like some people are experiencing my material on the podcast and not on the TV side or been like, hey, where's Cabby been the past three and a half years going on four years? It's going to be four years in uh, July, in June at TSN. So people are like, hey, where you been the past four years? You could go on YouTube, go at TSN Canada, punch in TSN Canada and then you'll see like hours worth, but you might only be able to put up with about 45 minutes. So you're welcome to do so. I was on the West Coast recently and had three really great interviews. Great because the guests were great, not because I was great. Uh, but before I just uh, I talk about that, I got to shout out Neil Brennan. Uh, my man D and I went to the comedy, no, not the comedy store, the Laugh Factory and we saw Neil Brennan do a set, and he's working on new material. He had this great bit about testosterone and the game of football. I'm not going to try to recreate his joke because I'm going to mess up the punchline and the delivery. But if Neil Brennan's working on a new special or if he comes to your city, go see it because this, this particular line of jokes is very funny. He's always funny. And I went to this club. My, my good friend Darren Rose, who's an actor and he's a comedian, I guess he's a comedian first, then he's an actor. He's out in L.A., and he told me about this cool spot, um, like a night spot, and I'm going to tell you guys because uh, I like to share on this podcast. He said, in L.A., they're all about the secret clubs, which I think is just stolen from New York because New York is just the city that is the standard for everything entertainment, everything food, everything theater, everything fashion in North America and arguably the world. So I was like, there are these secret clubs. I'm like, cool, like, tell me about one. Because there's a place where, uh, and the place is called No Vacancy. It's like, it's in the kind of Hollywood and Highland area. You can, you can Google it. So you go into, it looks like a house. So you go into this place and you get upstairs and there are four rooms. So I went, so I was at the front of the line as we're walking up this darkened staircase with my girl and we and I I chose the last door. There are four, like, I think they're red doors. And you know, open the door, and there's a woman 
in a dress sitting on a bed. So we, we like, there's like 12 of us or 14 of us pile into this small room. It's no bigger than your average eight-year-old's bedroom. She's sitting on this bed in the corner of the room. And she's like, hey, I'm the madam of the house. Welcome to No Vacancy. And she tells you some of the rules, which I can't remember. I think no pictures or something like that. And then the bed slides, revealing a set of stairs. The bed moves like it's in a movie. She's like, enjoy your night. Bed moves, a set of stairs open up. And then to get into the bar, you have to walk down this like trap door of stairs into the rest of the bar. It was kind of mind-blowing. It was pretty cool. And the bar itself, it's like, it's like a burlesque show. So every half an hour, there'd be some woman with tassels and uh, you know an outfit from Agent Provocateur dancing in the back patio where there's like a band uh you know as the soundtrack and then there's like a a fire wielding like Cirque du Soleil guy above us doing doing tricks on a on a tightrope all right let me get to the interviews that we did on the west coast as a favor to me Ryan Getzlaff and Ryan Kessler both appeared in an interview for Cabby Presents. They've never done an interview together. Ryan Kessler, of course, has uh, played his whole career in Vancouver now with the Anaheim Ducks. Ryan Getzlaff, the captain of the Anaheim Ducks. And all we did was, all they did was kind of rip each other. And it was great. Like, they, they've already formed a great relationship where they can just rip each other. And basically, that's the whole interview. We're talking about Ryan Getzlaff's bald head and his 17-year-old high school student style. A couple days later, I'm at I think it's called Wild Card Gym, which the legendary boxing trainer Freddie Roach owns. And I'm interviewing Manny Pacquiao. There's the upstairs gym where the general public works out. And then downstairs is like Manny Pacquiao's gym. So Manny Pacquiao is doing like he's at the end of his routine and he's kind of playing it up for the cameras. He does this like super fast, like a whirlwind of punches um, for like these 10 second bursts. Ah, ah. So a producer back here in Toronto, uh, this dude we call LeBron, his name is Aaron Bronstetter, he set up the interview with Manny Pacquiao. So I'm interviewing Manny Pacquiao, and Manny Pacquiao is a small man. I I didn't really have an expectation as far as his size, but the dude is probably 5'6", $1.17. Maybe he fights at 155 or 147. Or maybe even 160? No, not 160. But the dude looks $1.17. He was great. Very nice. I sung to him. He liked my singing. Uh, I asked him about a bunch of things. And then finally, uh, my man D had this great idea about giving him shorts. So we found, we went to Target and found a bunch of shorts for him to wear into the ring. We'll see if he does on May 2nd. And finally, I did an interview with the legendary Will Ferrell and superstar Kevin Hart as they promoted their movie Get Hard. These guys are just pros. They were great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, as they're, they're sitting next to each other in the interview and I'm talking to Will Ferrell and I say, hey, it's good to see you again. I, I met you once before. And, I, and he was being nice. He was trying to remember like when he met me before. And I was like, yeah, hey, we saw each other in Winnipeg. You did this curling thing. 
And you could see him like going through. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He was like remembering the event, but I don't think he remembered speaking to me. Although, but, you know, this guy has been interviewed by literally thousands of people. So I wouldn't expect him to remember me. And Kevin Hart, um, once once we got uh, once we got going, I was like, hey, guys, you know, uh, thank you for uh uh, or welcome back to Cabbie Presents. And Kevin Kevin Hart's like, I've been on Cabbie Presents before. And I was like, thank you, man. Yes, you were on Cabbie Presents before, two months ago, when you were promoting the movie The Wedding Ringer. And we had a great conversation in San Diego. So that was my time on the West Coast. You'll see those uh, interviews in the next coming week. By the time you hear this podcast, they may have already aired, because I'm not sure when you guys listen. But if you don't see them on SportsCenter on Fridays, you can always check them out on bardown.com or... If you're some of the U.S. homies or if you're listening to this overseas, and if you are listening to this overseas, let me know. Shoot me a tweet. You can just check it out on YouTube. Just punch in Cabby Presents. Bunch of stuff out there. There are some great and entertaining stories ahead for you in this podcast and conversation topics. You know, I, you know how I do on this podcast. I always bring in random chats or random observations I have in the world or about the world into these conversations so I can get another person's perspective and hopefully you as the audience are entertained by my stupidity or my weird uh, (laughs) conversation pieces. Uh, But the reason you clicked on this particular podcast is because you're a fan of this man's talent. You've heard him in a club. Maybe you heard him at an event. Maybe you saw him at a festival or a concert with thousands of other people. Or maybe you're just curious as to who this DJ might be. So stay tuned. Before we get to that conversation piece, let me remind you to score big on game day for you and your guests with Subway Catering. Choose from our delicious piled high sandwich platters or go all the way with a custom-made giant sub. Visit Subway.com to order now. Subway, eat fresh. Some orders may require 24-hour advance notice. And now, my guest joins me in the studio. If it's going to be an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. The first time I experienced this man's talent was at a show in Regina, Saskatchewan in 2006. I was out there covering the Vanier Cup, which is the uh, Canadian University football championship game. My friend Johnny Picklick, who I... At the time, I referred to as Johnny Red Bull, what now I call Johnny Good Times. Uh, he picked me up from my hotel, and we went on campus to a party. I had some moderate ex- expectations, because hearing the name Scratch Bastard and playing at a show in Regina, Saskatchewan, moved the needle for me like seeing Kid Capri play a show in Cleveland, Ohio. And like, not, not in, at like the University of Miami, Ohio, like not even the Ohio State or Ohio University is like the third tier. That's that was in my mind. And man, I was blown away by this man's craft on the tables. Not only did he drop heavy hip hop joints, all that at the time was all that Atlanta stuff. It was T.I., it was Luda, it was Bone Crusher. Bone, yeah, it was <laughs> lean with it, rock with it, you know, all that stuff. But then he smashed a legit. New York set with with Jay Z, Busta, Jadakiss, uh, and I've been a fan ever since. Uh, he's been touring all over the place, and the last time we saw each other was on a plane 
uh, out to Western Canada about a month ago. I've been bugging him to get on this podcast for a while, and I'm happy to be joined by one of the most talented DJs in North America, Uh-oh. Scratch Bastard. <laughs> Welcome to Cabby Presents. What's up, Cabby? Thanks for having me on the show. My, my pleasure. My on, pleasure. <laughs> no, it's my on Twitter. It's at Scratch Scratch Bastard. That's S K R A T C H B A S T I D. And or you can just go to his website, scratchbasted.com. It's scratch with a K, Bastid, B-A-S-T-I-D. No hyphens, no underscores, yeah, nothing, you, all one word. It, Google it however you want and they'll correct you. You'll, you'll, oh, right. you'll find me. I'm out in these internet streets like that. <laughs> Dude, isn't it isn't it like it's sort of emblematic of how maybe we've our culture's been dumber, whereas you don't even have to write the correct spelling of the word in the mm-hmm. Google bar. The yeah. Google bar is going to correct it for us. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, we're not using our brains as much as we should have or should be. Yeah, that's when, for another. That's for another podcast. I suppose. Yeah, that's yeah, that's when I like I have like a guy in, like the editor from Wired in, or uh, or like Fast Company or uh-huh. American Psychology or something like. Every once in a while, like just to, like mess with people on the plane, like I'll come in and like I'll. <laughs> I'll sit down and in my I'll pull out like American psychology or or I'll pull out uh, popular science like out of my bag and start reading it just to just to like you throw a little said, monkey wrench in the stereotype. Yeah, just, yeah, every muscle needs needs working out, including <laughs> that brain muscle. You got to stretch its limits. And I'm I'm reading like the most highfalutin journals, trying to make sense of it. I'm like <laughs> uh, the Atlantic is another. Actually, I really love the Atlantic. One of one of my favorite Twitter follows, mm-hmm. but some of the some of the uh, investigative reports in there are just like way over my head. Yeah, but sometimes I find you can learn sort of by osmosis. You read something that you don't comprehend, and then later you hear someone talking about it, and then you're like, okay, now you start to fill in the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, DJing's been like that for me because sometimes I hear someone play like a certain style of music or a song, I'd be like, okay, what is that? And I, you know, this is before Shazam and everything, and you just started to have to. So take when the, notes where would you head. find it? Where would you go? Like, cause you can you go ask the DJ? You like, can hey, go would... ask the DJ, but sometimes you can't, and sometimes you just got to remember, oh, the song had was this tempo. And it was it was like either a rap song or a house song, and it had this sort of groove to it and this sort of snare, and you kind of compare it to something and store it there in your head. And but say, then, how would you type that out in the Google search? But this is before Google. This is when you're just oh my, had so to you're go talking like oh three, oh five. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, that, that's the early days of digging. You just sort of had to take like audio clues from things, and oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> there was a real mission. You had to become Indiana Jones that's of the, the, the audio world to that's like it. find uh, the that treasure, which is that that sample. That, so, okay, yeah. you mentioned. Sometimes you can ask DJs about something. Sometimes yeah. you can't. Yeah. How How are you about that? Well, I don't know. You kind of got as a DJ, you got to apply your own rules to whoever's playing as well. So, would you really want? It, it depends how close you are with the DJ. What it's if like, it's a stranger? If it's a stranger, like if you're in a different if you're if you're doing a show in Philadelphia or yeah. Pittsburgh, yeah, or you know. I'd say I'd Hawaii. Get, I'd get close to the booth, and if someone recognized me and and there was the right time, I would kind of like lean over and say, "Hey, what was that?" Or I'd remember the track after it or before it, and then later at the you know at the yo that was a great night, just say, "Hey, what was that track that you played in between this?" <laughs> you and guys that? remember that? Oh yeah, you remember your whole playlist? Well, uh, no, but I'm, but I would just remember that one song that was before it or after it, and uh, then just okay. say, that, "What was that song you played before that?" So as it but yeah, but as a DJ, you'd either probably remember what that was or in in Serato, which most DJs use now, you could look up in the history and you could look at what you played before it. Uh, okay, I got I got a I got a funny story about the history. Uh, okay, I'm gonna put a pin in that. But you said something. Okay, so th- that's that's as far that's your sensibility about approaching a DJ. But what about you as a DJ and you're playing a set when you get approached mm-hmm. by either a fan or another DJ asking you about a song that you just played? 
I don't mind at all. You don't mind? No, okay. no, because some people are like, no, you can't play my tracks. But to me, the DJ is a disc jockey. We we jock discs. We're we're about <laughs> the music and like the whole. I'm a lover of music, so I'm into promoting whoever's music I'm playing, whether it's a new song, an old song. If it's something kind of super rare, that's like a secret song. I mean, I might be a little bit coy about it. And sort <laughs> you of might be like, a little bit more proprietary. Like, like, like yeah, ah, and, I can't tell you exactly what's in the ketchup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can't give away the family recipe, but <laughs> but. Uh, 99% of the time I don't mind sharing that you know because they'll remember where they got it from and that's going to help me continue true. on you, know? you are okay there's so many things like you, you are great about celebrating the um, the music of other artists mm. or other people where you find things because I'm I, I uh, your Facebook page is like you know tens of thousands of of, of likes and then but your views on your so you do a simple thing you're like All right, I'm just gonna the other day you had a tribute to Aretha Franklin like happy birthday the, the, yeah, the, yeah the queen of soul yeah and then you just did like a one one ninety second little little bit on on respect her most famous track and then you know your two turntables you just set up a camera sometimes I've seen the other you have like sometimes you have two cameras and then you just you add your flavor to an iconic track but then you just make it your own and then mm-hmm. you like but th- but. The message that you have for people is like, I love this artist. It's that's not it. so much about you flipping the beat. It's about you like celebrating the other. And I think that's dope about that's you. That's it. And I, I feel that that as DJs, we would have nothing to play if it wasn't for the music, really. I mean, some DJs have their own tracks and I got my own beats and stuff and I promote those too. But um, I, you know, a, a lot of that stuff, that Aretha routine I've had for like, you know, 10 years or something like that. Oh, okay. I just never really shared it. But I have a routine for a lot of different stuff like that. So... I was yesterday. I woke up and I was like, "Oh, it's Aretha's birthday today." And I'm like, "I never really filmed that Aretha juggle that I do from time to time." So I'm like, "Let's set up a camera and do it." And like, it got 230,000 views in, yeah, in, in a 24 day. hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like the, you're following online. That's like that's that's amazing. But you know what? You know, and it's pretty. It's generally it's a pretty simple routine that I do, but it it does add that flavor. And and I think in DJing and battling, sometimes the DJ community is like they're they're online 24 seven and they're doing stuff and they're practicing all the time. And and you know sometimes they they overthink things and they make it like too complex so that only DJs understand it. But okay. my goal a lot of the time is to kind of, you know, I think about, you know, would my mom dig this, you know, or, would, <laughs> you know, like, but I want to make my mom happy, but I also want to make the DJ community happy. So I try to hit it sort of in the middle in the like middle. that. And yeah. you succeed. And I, and I do, and I do want to get to your mom as well. Cause you have an interesting uh, backstory, <laughs> which we discussed the last time we hung out or, the, or not, not on the plane, but the time before that, when we actually spent some, spent some time together and uh, chopping it up. Uh, I have had a few DJs on this podcast. I had uh, Tom Rex. Shout out Tom Rex. Um, Thugly. Uh, Thugly. It's so easy. Uh, I've had uh, Baby You. Oh yeah. On, uh, on the on the podcast, who told me this? Yeah, who told me this great story about curating Jay Z and Kanye's Watch the Throne tour? Oh, I like, didn't know that. Yeah, like because he was he was he was Young Jeezy's DJ, and and Jay Z saw him perform with Young Jeezy, and then. Then Jay Z put in the request like I need that guy, and then Jesus <laughs> like Nah, man. Uh, so then, and, and he, then he was flown to Charlotte, and then he just spoke to Kanye for like two hours, and Kanye was asking how to make their show better, which is nuts. Wow. Uh, and then I've had uh, Mastermind. 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 Legend. Toronto yeah, legend. He is a legend. He's been on the podcast, I think, I think three times. And uh, well, so the point where I was getting at was. Um, I've asked each one a variation of this question. Okay. When you're working mm-hmm. and someone comes to ask you to play a song, mm-hmm. give me the ratio of times you will play the song if it's a lady, if it's a girl asking you for the song, or if it's a dude asking you to play the song. 
It's all relative. <laughs> it's all relative. Because <laughs> I'm sure there's relative hotness too exactly. on that there's scale. That. There's that. There's like girls that are like nines or tens. They uh-huh. can. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to hear Taylor Swift? Shake it off, okay? Or <laughs> if it's a girl who's just like it's like 155. Well, she's hot. I mean, she's like sweating, <laughs> and she's her equilibrium is like that of like the ship in the perfect storm. Or George Clooney's yeah. like, I'm here to get the fish, and she's all like that. What a what a stupid reference that was. Yeah. But, you know, like if, so. I'm sure there are very there's veritable hotness, which then gets the uh, uh, the privilege of well, playing this exactly song. exactly. There there's many factors here. I mean. <laughs> The, the first one, you know, to be diplomatic about it, the first one is, will this suggestion contribute to the party? Okay, right. Now, how that contributes to the party, you know, that's where the variable is. Because does it contribute to the party by being a good song? Does it contribute to the party by this hot girl shaking it on stage right. beside the DJ? Yeah. For, that could be a little bit of a personal conflict reason. <laughs> but, you know, it's like that's a, that's a possibility. And if it's a dude, like, it, you know, like, does the dude have a crew that's going to, you know, going to throw it up? On a Tuesday, <laughs> right, right, joint, right, you know? right, right, <laughs> or or is it sort of like you know, just sort of like a, a selfish request on the dude's behalf? Because like that's not really winning anyone over either. Right. And, so you have you to know. evaluate this like yeah. within seconds. Like you, yeah, like you yeah. turn down your monitor, yeah. you you move the earphone yeah. away from your ear so you can hear this person yeah. talking. Yeah, and, and even doing that, even turning down the monitor, you know. Sometimes you got to screen that process too. Like, like <laughs> and who am I turning it down for over here? Right, you know, right, you got to right. kind of read. But I mean, I always say, okay, that, so give me the ratio, scratch. Okay, uh, so it's women to dudes. Okay. The, the likelihood that you are going to play the request if it's a female asking you versus if it's a dude asking you. Uh, I'd say seventy-five to twenty-five. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's three to one. Yeah, that's, that's fair. three to one. Like, the dude has to work a lot harder or have a, a more valid reason than the girl. <laughs> but the girl doesn't have a free pass. They're, they're still, they got to work still, too. Oh, that's so funny. I was just listening to uh, some, I think it was Juan Epstein, and we were just talking about- Great podcast. Yeah, it is a great podcast. Yeah. I was just listening to the one with Easy Moby, and they're going through, like, uh, Easy Moby was this- uh, legendary producer who produced, I think, six or seven uh, cuts on Ready to Die. On Ready to Die, Notorious B.I.G.'s first album. Yeah, he did I Love the Dough and Going Back to Cali on Life After Death as right. well. Yeah. Um, but it was it was just that little year. He did Flavor in Year, which is one of the which is one of the craziest of beats era, of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so simple, but so dope. Yeah. Just but like, what was Craig? Like he started just like Uniblab, robotic <laughs> kicking. <laughs> but just like you, you know, some robotic. The first word I hear him say is Mad Hatter. I don't know. Right, yeah. My flavor pitter patter, chitter chatter, mad <laughs> feeling mad hatter. But just, uh, I bet you buy it, come a fatter. I got the data, I turn her turn body, body into antimatter. Just way, like a piece of sizzly, you fit inside your stomach with the eggs and crisp between. What the hell is, what is sizzly? What is, what is sizzly? Sizzling is like a piece of, isn't it like a, I like a spamish meat or something like a sizzling? You know what? I've Googled that before. Have you? I just forget, but I think it's like a spam or a piece of meat. It's something that they sold in the yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so anyway, okay. So yeah. back to so so there, just that one little nugget about how Puffy said. So when they finished recording "Ready to Die," Biggie's "Ready to Die," the last song they recorded was "Juicy," which mm-hmm. is probably the most famous uh, song from that album. And and Puffy was like, "Big, you you did all the street stuff. I need something for the ladies because mm-hmm. the ladies have to party." And it just it just and that to your point about this three to one, like mm-hmm. it's it's when you're at a party, the dudes I want to see girls dancing. Then that's gonna keep me to keep me in the party, and that's gonna keep me going to the bar and buying 
uh, cocktails really? for my friends and new friends. In, in that world, the the girls really the girls run that show. Oh, do they know? ever? Beyonce like, said her best. Yeah. Like, who runs the world? Girls, <laughs> absolutely. Because if you have girls coming to your nights, then you're going to have guys following the girls. Like, yeah. it's just kind of like it's sort of it's it's pretty simple math. Like, no matter how you break it down over the years of promoting, and every any promoter would tell you the same thing. Yeah. And if you got a room full of guys, like good they paid cover but that's not it's not it's kind of like a diminishing resource you know they say like the the, the law what is it the law is it diminishing returns yeah yeah the law of diminishing returns something like that you know it's probably in an atlantic if dudes, magazine if the dudes <laughs> if the dudes look around and see that there's all dudes there maybe next time they're gonna be like ah oh, it's all dudes there but if they look around and see there's all girls there that's gonna tip the scale at another point in their in their head yes well, then, simple laws of human attraction you know thousand percent yeah. thousand yeah. percent i was at a spot recently with and then like it was it was a a female rich environment mm-hmm. and then I was with my my boy Ari who's <laughs> that is uh, the most diplomatic way I've ever heard that's that <laughs> phrase yeah very rich with females <laughs> what do they I, call it in belly a hoasis <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that movie I saw this great just the thing on uh, I was on a YouTube uh, wormhole recently and there was an interview with Method Man, Red Man, DMX, and LL Cool J. Like this VG on MTV had them. It's like, Just a I throwback. Think it's, yeah. yeah. And then, so yeah. And because I, I think well, DMX and was Method Man also in Belly? DMX is in is it DMX, DMX Nas, and, Nas. I don't know if Method Man is in Belly. Maybe not. Maybe he's not. But he was in, you know, How High and lots of movies around then. And yeah. yeah so anyway, yeah. shout out to Belly. Uh, but uh, where the hell were we going? Yeah. So, so, so uh, yeah, it was a female rich environment. And then my boy Ari. Was is like he's oftentimes he's my wing, but like we were outnumbered like four to one, so we like it was like man just sweating just like we're gonna do right now, so you have to just handle your biz like it was so but I will go back to that place yeah exactly. because of the environment and I will yeah. go back and yeah. I will you yeah. know post up at the bar and then I will continually order cocktails <laughs> for friends and new friends keeps uh, the economy going it really does yeah. it really does yeah. uh scratch i want to i want you to tell in detail mm-hmm. tell me about uh dj jazzy jess 50th surprise birthday party Ooh. all right because uh, when you told me that story i was like <laughs> this is incredible yeah um well, first of all, I said like DJ Jazzy Jeff is like, you know, one of the greats of all time, if not like the best hip hop DJ of all time, one of the best DJs of all time. But um, see, I think he's a I feel like he's a DJ's DJ and he doesn't get his credit in the in the universe, like in the ma- in the um, mainstream. Yeah, as- I think so, because I think a lot of people know him from his from the from the TV show Fresh Prince of Bel-Air being the guy that gets thrown out or the guy that does the high five or something yeah, like that. Right, right. But I think like uh Hillary Banks, he's always hitting on Hillary Banks. Yeah, always hitting on Hillary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know what the funny thing about the show is like his personality on the show is pretty much like his own personality. He's just kind of a chill dude, kind of like always smiling and anyway, he we we played shows over the years and and He's he's honestly become one of my best friends, which is like you know one of the you know it's just one of those. Great it's a crazy things thing for you things. to, to say. DJ yeah. Jazz Jeff is one of my best yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we go back like the first. I remember. The, can I tell you about the first show that Please. we did together? Okay, okay. Please. So uh, I was a I was a young ginger in Halifax, Nova Scotia, <laughs> and uh, and I was doing I was doing. A wait bunch for of the, okay. Wait, for those for those who don't know what Scratch looks like. Okay, picture Mike Napoli of the Boston Red Sox, his beard. Or Johnny Gomes, like that year when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2013. So all the dudes had these big beards, but yours is nice and manicured. So then sometimes, but then you kind of look like 
like St- Steve Austin, like Stone Cold Steve Austin's like <laughs> second or third cousin. You don't have an angry Texas Texan face, but there's something about the the makeup of your face. There's a little bit of Steve Austin in it. What? I'm down with it. What? <laughs> anyway. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Yeah. But I'm... you're way more smiley and affable than, <laughs> than Stone Cold Steve Austin. And way probably less xenophobic. <laughs> Actually, 100% less xenophobic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that comes from traveling. You yes. Know, traveling yes. inhibits xenophobia. Um, but uh, So you're in Halifax. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm in Halifax. And uh, at that time, I think it was like 2002 or something like that. It was still in the vinyl days before Serato and Digital DJing and all that. Um, and I was playing a bunch of shows around this town and it, I, I kind of had a little bit of a name for myself. I had three or four nights and, you know, things were going good for, for the young best, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so one of the promoters, they, they, they said they want to bring Jazzy Jeff. And, uh, I was like, yeah, cool. I'd love to get on the bill cause that, that's cool. You know, that, and so me and my partner at the night, this guy named Mark Mirage, Mark yeah. Mirage, which is one of the great names in DJ. Mark Mirage. Mark yeah. Mirage. It's just like, a, yeah, it's a great name. Uh, we did, the, we, we both. <laughs> signed up to go do this gig so um we're opening for jeff and uh at the time in vinyl you can kind of only bring so many records because there's Cause a physical heavy. limitation they're heavy yeah. you know you even with a few people like you can only kind of fit so many in a certain space so i bring i bring my hip-hop crate because i'm opening for jazzy jeff i'm like going to set the tone nice and, and so mark mark he was a great club dj he's a great dj he played before me and he started, he was playing like Ashanti and Ja Rule and he's playing all these Wait, but those are the hits. songs you got to play later in the night, yeah. right? Well, yeah. And also sort of not at that type of gig. Okay. And, and so. Oh, because it's more of a hip hop crowd, not yeah. more of like a mixed sort of top 40 crowd. Yeah, but because of the venue, it was working. So he kind of had the dance floor going to all this stuff. And I didn't bring like anything remotely close to that. You know, I had like my Tribe records and right, my okay. EPMD records and that <laughs> sort of thing. And. And and this is opening for like one of my idols, and so uh, this the steam just start, starts coming out of my ears. I'm just like, oh, like I can't play anything. Like I really like this guy's just going so commercial and so jiggy with it, and I'm just like, like this is my chance to show like one of my idols like what I do, oh, and no. like I, I I didn't have it, so I was like, oh, so I was like just going through my records, and I'm like, okay, all right, I, I pulled aside like my ten best records, like my power routine, and I'm like, all right, Mark, you go, you do your thing, just. Played like the whole time, but leave me the last 10 minutes, you know, leave me the last 10 minutes. So he plays, he was rocking it. And then he throws it back to me. And I start with one of my favorite records of all time, MOP Anti Up. Oh my gosh, you came hard. I, I came pretty hard. I came you pretty came hard. hard out the <laughs> gate, dude. And I just, I, whatever that's, what is that sound? It's, it's horns, but it's horns like repeated in echo. Like, it kind of sounds like air raid sirens, like planes oh, flying overhead. Okay, anyway, yeah, yeah. it's horns just repeated over and over. Oh, and over okay, again. okay. Um, but it is wait the, the remix right uh, with well, Busta and and Remy Ma. See, yeah, but I did I did the original into the remix. Oh, okay, kind of something okay. I still do to this day. Anyway, I I just start like you know cutting and I can feel like all my anger at, towards Mark <laughs> just coming out through the cuts and they're just shredding like <laughs> you know everything's working and people are going nuts you know and it's and then I go into Royce the Five Nine Boom which was a juggle that I did right. at the time and I just, I just had all these kind of hard records and I I like that one's boom yeah. Yeah, exactly, okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, Primo. So, shout yeah, out Primo, Primo. Shout out to Primo. And uh, I had this whole routine, and it was people were going like, fuck. And, like, in retrospect, I might have been going like a little too hard for an opening set. Like, I didn't want to <laughs> want to burn or something. But Mark Mark came up to me and kind of like tapped me on the shoulder. And he's like, yo, man, like, Je- Jeff and his people, like, they, maybe you should just chill out a little because you're, you're kind of going a little hard or whatever. But I was like, I was like, Okay, Mark, whatever, Mark. You know, I just kind of just kept doing my thing. I was like, I only got two minutes left anyway, so 
So I did my thing and got out and like I didn't get a chance to meet Jeff at the time. He performed an amazing set, but like I was like, yes, I, I like I showed him what I did and, and I didn't get a chance to meet him that night. We had a show the next night in Moncton. Okay. Two hours away from Halifax. So I go and I, I was so over you, me and Mark, Mark and, and Jeff. Jeff. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I go to sound check and I'm like, all right. And I bring my Jazzy Jeff rock that Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince rock the house record with me. And I'm like, I gotta get this signed by the legend. Like, and I hope to meet him today, whatever. So I walk into sound check and I see him and I'm like, I'm like, hey Jeff, um, nice to meet you. Uh, great set last night. Um, here's the record. Can can you sign this record for me? I, like you're one of my idols. And so he takes it and and and, and he signs he signs it and gives it back to me and I'm like thanks man um, we'll see you at the show later or something I look at the record and it says to my man scratch bastard keep rocking DJ Jazzy Jeff oh and I had never I didn't tell him my name at that point oh and wow and so he asked someone or whatever he paid attention and I was like yo like Jeff like paid attention to my staff and Jeff knows my name and I was like that was like I remember like feeling like whoa like you, like, you felt like you could go to the mall and pick up any chick at the mall like <laughs> yeah, you felt like you had a superpower I felt the like, superpower yeah and it was it, you know it was like the highest form of respect for DJ is someone else just to know your name by 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 what you do so I was like man this is this is dope and we did this we did the show and like whatever and okay wait wait for the second show did you did you get to like did you tell Mark yo man you can't play all the no, that you know, jiggy stuff like right away because it puts me in a box it, puts me in a corner I think he I think he like he knew like we just was messing around the second show like I, I got my thing out and he kind of knew like sometimes as DJ you just know like a vibe and oh, okay. he, he knew that he knew that I I got him that night before, and he was kind of, he wasn't really mad. He was just having fun. It was in a different venue. It wasn't really Jiggy Club, so mm. it it all worked out in the end. Fast forward a few years, and we did a show together with Baby U, with Starting from Scratch and Jazzy Jeff at the Government. And oh, wow, that what was a lineup. Yes, and that was the because of the twenty seven Yankees right there. <laughs> Murderers Row. <laughs> that was the week that uh, the Jay Z Black album came out. Oh my god! And this is in the days of vinyl. Still, that's oh three or oh four. I think it's oh three. Yeah, might be. I think it's November oh three or something like oh that. Like, gosh, anyway, you know the, wow. Okay, I don't know. I just remember these times, you know. And and I just remember running like running encore and running ninety nine problems for the first time. And this is I had the record. Like I literally got that record like two days before I played that show and playing and people going crazy to those records. And and I saw Jeff again and he remembered me. And it's like, okay, cool. And then we did a few more shows over the years. And then eventually we just kind of started hanging out. So we became really good friends. And uh, I went down to Philly uh, to play a show once in the States. And uh, and, and, and I hit him up on text. I'm like, yo, Jeff, I'm in your city. Like, uh, you around? He's like, oh, man, I'm in, I'm in Syracuse. But um, what are you doing Sunday? And I had a gig in New York on Saturday. And I was like, with my girl was with me. And I was like, okay, we're going to go shopping in New York on Sunday. We're going to have like a date day on Sunday. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't know. Just give me a minute. You know, like, like I was like, let me, let me see what I'm doing Sunday. So I like put down the phone. I'm like, I'm like, babe. So about Sunday, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> She's like yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, so Jazzy Jeff like invited us over to his house to, to, to hang out. And I was wondering if you'd be down to do that. And, and my girl is like a ride or die, so oh, nice. you know she was like, "Of course," you know, and I'm like, <laughs> "All right, word." So, wow. so we went over to Jeff's and we kind of we shoot we shot some hoops, traded some music, watched some basketball, and uh, yeah, we just always we, we just got you know. So wait, closer, that was just closer. based on like a few times where you guys have worked together, yeah. and then just developed this rapport. Well, I gave him a CD, and he texted me sometime and be like, "Yo, the CD's crazy," and things like that. And every time you know Jeff hit me, it was like, "This is like wow, it's like a legend that you know, like that I literally." learned things from grew up on it's like that's kind of like the the highest 
the highest title, you know, like telling me that, that I'm on the right track or that he's inspired by me. It's like, it's like pinch me moments. You know what I mean? But, but the thing is with all that involved, Jeff at the end of the day is like, you know, a, the nicest person ever and b always a student and learning. And that's why he's like stayed so relevant is because he's always learning the new gear and he's always checking for the new music and he's always willing to break records and play something that someone else isn't willing to play. So that's why he stays so in touch with people that are doing things. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and and that's been a key to his longevity because many legendary DJs have sort of, and artists of any kind have fallen by the wayside, kind of victim to their own, their own weight or something like that, or their own, maybe their own world and staying too focused on what they do. But Jeff, Always stays in touch with what's going on. Hmm. So uh, get me to uh, I, <laughs> so I, the know, birthday. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like I've never I've never heard anybody articulate that about Jazzy Jeff before because he's like, <clears throat> I guess in you know we know about Will and we uh-huh. know about Jeff from the TV show and stuff and like I I'll see him. I used to watch his 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 uh, shows on Vimeo where he Vinyl tra- Destination Vinyl yeah, Destination yeah, be traveling yeah. around with um uh, who's a dude from Virginia Mad uh, Skills Mad Skills right yeah. who's yeah. Uh, who would always do like the 2013 wrap up, the 2014 yeah, wrap yeah, up, the wrap ups, the yeah. wrap ups, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, to hear an, another DJ speak about, it, yeah, it's like it's like hearing comics talk about Louis C.K. How right. like Louis C.K. Louis C.K. rather is like the comics comic. He's right. like you know, the, and that's it. And he's a, he's a at, at the at the heart of it. He's he like I hear I've I've heard stories of him and and like you know the the things he went through before he got got big and like that some of the touring he did like he'd play all these you know he was just living out of a you know a car just like any other comedian would just mm-hmm. going places and telling their jokes and all the ups and downs that come through with that. Um, I, I think Jeff has had like I wouldn't say an easier path, but Jeff has been had a fortunate career. You know like. He was a in the when in his twenties was a successful, you know, like parents just don't understand and and uh and and you know, um the, the All the, the stuff the he did with the fresh nightmare on my, on street. my street, yeah. And I think uh, I could be Mike Tyson. I think I could be Mike Tyson. And then, you know, then the show popped off and so and then after the show, you know, they got summertime was a hit, you know. And then after summertime, it's like still like yeah, it's that. I, that's how I christen the summer. I'm like, I know summer's here. I'm, like, does. I'm playing this song. Yeah, yeah. Everybody does. And that song is like Night was it ninety three? Didn't they didn't they debut that song after yeah, the Fresh exactly. Prince? It was after the Fresh Prince, and so that was like the next thing for him. Then that sort of like you know like, kinda, the, like an episode is when they yeah, played the video at yeah. the end. At the end, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then uh, you know, and then after that, he kind of laid low. But then he opened a studio in Philadelphia, and that's where the Jill Scott recorded her record at. So that uh. that record was recorded at his a touch of jazz and that was a big Grammy winner and he just had an incredible career there and there's so many that at the, the time that Joe Scott sort of emerged on the scene there was like Philadelphia had was like a new I don't know it was like the new yeah, the New York soul, for, you know, uh, for yeah. yeah for R&B it was yeah. music soul child it was well D'Angelo from, was from Virginia, Virginia but close you know like Philly was closer to the New York epicenter yeah, and all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff yeah. and then and obviously music, Questlove the roots, and yeah. the roots yeah and Questlove, he, Questlove Angie was like, Stone yeah she was D'Angelo's she's I think she, sort of she helped New write New York or, yeah, D'Ang- write Lady I think did she yeah, yeah I think they I think they have a kid together that's funny Angie you write Stone. oh they do yeah they do for sure Angie Stone and D'Angelo you know a crazy st- crazy fact about Angie Stone? She was in that group called The Sequence that no. did that song called We're Going to Funk You Right On Up. We're Going to Funk You Right On Up. I don't know that song. And it goes, ring, ding, dong. Oh. Ring, ding, 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 dong. It's the one. You know the song and here. And then didn't Dre she, take that? Exactly. That little yeah. sample? Yeah, she was in a group in like 79 on Sugar Hill Records. What? Yeah. And she's still, she put out an album in like 2000 and like dated D'Angelo. It's, she just has a crazy history. Wow. I had no idea. Uh, yeah. 
What was but, I think that was that on the Aftermath album? Yeah, yeah. Keep their heads ringing. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Of that. Which I, you know, I should go find that. I bet if I played it now, I'd be like, these beats are all right. Because yeah. at the time, everybody crapped on that album. Yeah, it was yeah. As, as, as 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 they did the the firm and the second Nas album. Yeah, but it was written. If you listen, to it was written now. You'd be like, these beats are cr-. some for for some of them. Yeah. Are, Bangers. Yeah, it's a good album. It's it, it's just that how do you live up to Illmatic? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you? Did you see Nas when he did the live show? Not the live show, but it was a live show. But with the um, with the Philharmonic, like yeah. he had a, like a band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I yeah. saw it in DC. I was like, this is yeah. amazing. It had like a little interlude, and it be you know thirty second interlude, and then would get into the song, whether it be like, "Hate Me Now" or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is completely orchestrated because it has that one. I don't know what that famous piece of music is. I forget what the name is. I don't know if it's. Verdi or Mozart or (laughs) Beethoven or okay but yeah but okay get to the birthday party yeah basically Jeff became a really good friend uh through 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 the years of DJing and uh so his management and his his, and his wife called like sent me an email they're like yo um we want to plan this secret 50th party for Jeff and it's like how are we going to do a secret party for Jeff like 50 that's kind of crazy getting people to go to his to his house or whatever I'm like all right I'm in it because but it's like okay well there's the two people in the world who know all of his business his wife and his manager so like they kind of they they cleared out this weekend and they he he played a he played an NBA exhibition game over in London the day before so he's playing oh he's playing the show he's playing like physically playing in the game he would no no he was DJ Okay, he, he, okay. he didn't say you guys are shooting hoops at his place like when you first went there. So <laughs> yeah, he's maybe a, he's maybe he's got a nice he's jump shot. He's got a J. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, so so we plan and and a few of his DJs like Shortcut and Z Trip and we were all talking about like going because we all got the the call and the invite or whatever. So we all planned and we're all like to keep it a secret from Jeff. So about like two weeks before the birthday, Jeff kind of I think he started sort of like saying man i'm turning 50 soon i better have a party like he starts hitting us on the text he's like yo um i'm having a party like the the week after when the secret one was he's like i'm having a party on march 21st um it would mean a lot if you could come be there and hang out we'll just it'll just be some guys hanging and we're gonna do that so we all start saying like let me check my schedule and like oh yeah yeah i'm, I'm gonna be there yeah like we'll right. see yeah, you there. this is the week after yeah okay, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so so we're like did, did you tell him did you tell him is like, did you tell him a lot yeah okay cool cool so we all get down there. We all got in a day early, went out in Philly, and kind of had a fun DJ night and chill. So the day of the show comes, and we all meet at Jeff's house, and it's like 150 people there. Will is there, and like a bunch of his music friends, James Poiser from The Roots. And, right. And I don't know what that guy looks like, but I know he's like he's like a like James. He's he's a he's a bald, tall, bald fellow. He plays the keys. You'd know him to see him for sure. But he played on all the Roots records, was and D'Angelo t- records, and things like that. I oh, it was uh. Uh, Tariq uh, Black Thought was yeah. on Neil Brennan's podcast, The Champs, mm-hmm. and I think Dre's. I think it was uh, still Dre. I think the pianos came from James Poiser, but he never got credit. Really? For them. Okay. Something like that. Because I always thought that was uh, Scott Storch, but maybe it was no. James but Poiser. Scott Storch produced the track. Yeah. But I think he lifted that from James oh, Poiser's. Okay. Bling, 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 yeah. bling, 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 bling. <laughs> which is in like so many movie trailers because that, that piano riff is so it's the famous. Gift, the gift that keeps on giving. It, is, it really is. It really uh, is. Yeah, it was, you know, everyone's there like, and we're all just kind of getting ready. And the, the idea was that after Jeff got off the plane from the exhibition game in, the, in London, his wife was going to pick him up with his suit and like go have like a me day and it was like and so that was like a surprise so they hid the surprise within another surprise so his wife met him at the airport and said 
Jeff, we're going for a big night out, you know? And so <laughs> they met him in suits and then he took him out to like to dinner or whatever and they went out and they had a nice little like 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 little time and well, we were all getting ready at the at the thing. So she drives down. She's like, I wanna I wanna drive take you somewhere, blindfolds him and drives down, but drives him to their house. And we're all sitting in the front entryway or whatever. And 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 they come up to the door and open the door and then it's just like surprise and Jeff just stood there with his hands in his pockets for about two minutes and just like just kind of head left right he's like you got me (laughs) 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 and everyone's you know we all sing happy birthday sing the Stevie Wonder version happy birthday happy birthday we do both the versions because you gotta do the yeah 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 you gotta you gotta do both at the DJ party oh that's so uh, funny he had this he had this dope band called Moonchild playing in his living room they're kind of like a like a current future R&B group that make cool stuff that he's a big fan of so he had them playing in the room and uh, and then they had all kinds of food great great party and then uh, yeah, the turntables open up downstairs, and we we're just like, you know, we we left them for a minute, and then uh, it was kind of implied. All the DJs were like, "Are you bringing your turn? Are you bringing your Serato? You know, are you bringing your records?" And like, we all brought we all brought our stuff. <laughs> we were like, "Okay." It was like, "Yeah, no, I don't know if yeah. I'm gonna bring, but you guys all brought them anyway." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, we all brought. You guys can't stuff. travel without them. Just that's in case. it. That's it. And it's like it's kind of like you got to be ready for that call. It's kind of like if you work for Prince or something like that. You kind of got to be ready for the call, and, and right. you got to have a bag packed by the door. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to DJ Jeff's 50th party, but if he if I get asked to, I'm going to play. It. Right, right. So, so uh, how did it work? So, like, you got downstairs. We, just, we all brought our bags and put them behind the DJ booth. You know, so so he. So had, who jumped on first? Uh, Do I you think remember? Shortcut and okay. Shortcut's from San Francisco. Amazing DJ and uh, and Shortcut. He plays with Jeff like almost like every second month out in San Francisco. But he jumped on and he's like, "All right, I'm going to start playing." And the the DJ that was playing was like a local Philly DJ that was a friend of Jeff's. This guy Gary O. He was playing all the Philly classics. And you got to understand like the the demographic here is mostly like sort of like 40s, 50s okay. with like a bit of 30s thrown in there. And like you know, so it's all Philly classics. Like they're playing like Schoolie D, and people are going crazy. And he's playing you know like you know early Sugar Hill era stuff and people know all the words and I'm like man I've listened, like never been to a party like this mm-hmm. so and so Shortcut gets on plays like D-Train and Boogie and sort of like more balance to ounce that kind of thing it was working well and then I hopped on did sort of the same thing and then Z-Tripped hopped on and then so me and Z just kind of started going back and forth and playing you know playing our records and, and then DJ AV took out his camera and taped it and just kind of filmed us and we got to this section where we're like okay this is going to be the Jazzy Jeff tribute section we're going to take like some of his records and cut them up and take some of his samples and cut them up and, and we're just going to do whatever comes to our mind sort of freestyle that has to do with Jeff because it's his birthday it's a celebration so we did this whole kind of like kind of like 20 minute freestyle celebration how do you even you just well, you have to feel the other person exactly. out exactly so, so Z would play something and I'd be like oh, that's cool. That reminds me of this. And then I'd play that and Z would be like, yo, yo, I got something. And then he'd play something. So you kind of take, you kind of you kind of say, okay, we'll play one or two records each and then just go back and forth on four turntables. So I'm on two, Z is on two. And Where did the turntables come from? They just had them set up. Jeff's got a few turntables. I'd say, <laughs> I'd say he's got about 12. Oh I, my I, I, think he's, I think he's got a few on ice somewhere in the, in, in in the a corners. Box. Yeah, just in case something happens. Okay, okay. Uh, and so they knew. They, I think you know the organizers knew if they set it up, if you build it, they will come. You know. They, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, the men will migrate to the basement, and the women yeah. will go to the yeah. living room or the kitchen. Yeah, that's so, how this and, how it goes. Yeah, and so that was amazing. Jeff came down. Jeff was watching it just you know just smiling as usual and it, it was amazing will was there dancing it was uh 
it was an amazing party, man. And then, you know, we're just like, the, the party's over. We're just kind of hanging upstairs. And, and Jeff's sitting around. And he says, he's like, man, I'm impressed with the, the party, but. I'm more impressed with the level of conspiracy that y'all are capable <laughs> of. <laughs> nice. nice. And, you know, it was, it was great. We just, we just chilled for a couple of days down there. And that it, is it cool. was a big celebration. That is cool. That's, yeah. uh, that's what I wanted to hear. You gave me a little taste of that. I was like, I need to hear this. <laughs> I need to hear the full version of the story. Uh, I mentioned, okay, I mentioned your mom. Mm. Or you mentioned your mom. And I wanted to, and then I want to give, and then I want to talk about history. Hi, mom. Yes. So, uh, we, you and I connected because both of our moms are from Trinidad. Yeah, yeah. And then you you introduced me to Mona's Roti, which is a <laughs> roti shop in the, like the northeastern yeah. part of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like in a nondescript plaza <laughs> and like where there's like an insurance place and there's yeah, like yeah. you can get a something few, for like, like a, your back. And then I don't know. This is random, a random collection of stores in this little a, a plaza. A few stores of nondescript like income, you know, like you're like, how does this really work here? Who's paying the bills? Right. So Mona's roti, delicious. I'm. Uh, you can get that. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm. I'm, uh, I'm partial to uh, the roti hut in Toronto. That's which is around the corner from yeah. Mona's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I was like, I was like, wait, your mom's from Trinidad? Yeah. Well, most people don't know that because I, I'm. I, I. You know, I wear. I wear SPF sixty, and <laughs> and, and and I'm from Nova Scotia, and yeah, you know, I got the Nova red. Scotia. I got the red hair, the red beard. I look more, it's way f- more. I, I. My name is Paul Murphy, so it's kind of like. People, you know, th- people assume they don't that on St. Patrick's Day you go hard. Yeah, that's like your Christmas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But most just people, by looking at you. You know, the funny thing is, if if I tell Trinis that uh, my mom's Trinidadian, they're usually like, "Oh yeah, cool." Like they're like, "Cool." If I tell anyone else that I'm from Tr- my, my mom's Trinidad, they're like, "What?" They're just mystified. You know, <laughs> like, but but people from Trinidad know that that Trinidad, like Trinidad, is is uh, just an island with tons of different people on sure. it. Like people yeah. of all different nationalities. You know, there's a, tons of Indian people. There's tons of Chinese. People, you know, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. that's why the, the the skin tone of Trinidad is sort of nondescript light. You know, it's it's, it's a big mixed plot. I remember going through an airport once, and I heard a Trini accent on the on the lady, like the the security lady, and I was like, "Oh, you're from Trinidad? What fired? Oh, my, my mom's from San Fernando. Oh, yeah, blah blah." blah. And she said, "Where are you from?" And I'm like, "Ah, well, my mom's from Trinidad. My dad's from Nova Scotia." She's like, "Ah, you're a mixed plate boy." You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? and it's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, th- yeah, mom, she she grew up in in Trinidad and came up to Canada for school. So how did, okay, so first of all, what kind of music was playing in your house? And then and then secondly, because you're from Nova Scotia, how did baseball become your, you know, how did baseball become your, your sport? Because I, because my mom also embraced baseball when my brothers were excellent at it, traveling all over the friggin' province playing. My dad was also really into music too. My dad's originally from Nova Scotia and, you know, some sort of, uh, British or Irish or probably Ireland because Murphy, but right. um, uh, and he's he was big into music. He actually sort of he would DJ at like really well, yeah. I mean, I don't think he would he would go hard like he, on saying like, he was a DJ, like but he would the be the DJ? guy controlling the music. <laughs> he, he used to do that sort of thing. And I wear like a Legion Hall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but. And he used to do it kind of at parties. He would play the music. And he had like a, a box of 45s that was could best be described as sort of like disco era hits. Like, you know, like... like yeah, you're, Le Chic? You're, or yeah, Le, yeah. Le, he had is it Le Chic or Le Freak? Le Freak by Le Freak. Chic. By and, Chic, And, yeah. you know, he had like the Bee Gees and he had like, you know... Donna Summer Records? Yeah, Donna Summer Records, um, yeah, Casey and the Sunshine Band, that sort of thing. Okay. So he had a 45 box. And that, like, I could... You know, you know when your head floats off and you picture what your dad was actually doing at that time? I just pictured dad <laughs> with long hair just kind of... 
kebab in his neck. You know, that was kind of his thing. But he Wearing was a lot also, of brown. But he liked like Gloria Estefan and he liked oh. Madonna and things like that. And he was he was into like dance music and things. And so he on on Saturdays he would play music around the house, Michael Jackson, whatever. Like, and he he had a, a VCR that he would tape audio onto. He was like just a nerd. My dad was just a nerd. So my dad was into music. But then mom, of course, into music. But like always into Calypso. So my dad would always play like the dollar wine for my mom or hot, hot, hot <laughs> by Buster Poindexter. Like there would always be thrown into the mix. Yeah. The dollar wine was a tradition at, if, oh my if you don't gosh. know that you got, you got to do a YouTube of that. Uh, you got to Google that one. If for those people that don't know the dollar wine, it goes cent, five cent, 10 cent dollar. dollar. And it's wow. got a whole story about it. So that was like the anthem of our, of our family get togethers. And, 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 and at our family get togethers, like, you know, it would be my grandmother, my uncles, uh, my grandfather, father you know whatever and 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 we'd eat the meal we'd eat you know whatever Wait, would you eat caribbean food absolutely wow. like roti green roti Where would you even find the ingredients for that in <laughs> halifax nova scotia my grandmother would bring it up from she lives uh in texas half her time trinidad half her time and my mom's uncle in texas makes the roti shell with the chickpeas inside it oh she would gosh. bring it up in her luggage like he would oh freeze it gosh, and bring it up amazing. in the luggage and put yeah. it in this, you know like it, it was a process right yeah. but it was a celebration and i love that from early age i loved loved roti so we get one today actually. <laughs> seriously we would eat our food and then after the after the meal we would go and uh you know and dad would go turn on the speaker and all of a sudden you know hot 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 or the dollar <laughs> wine would come out and we'd form a little circle around you know the living room and we just like get do our dance That's for incredible. a minute and you know and granny would always granny would always turn up pretty heavy like <laughs> like like she would grab her shirt and sort of start lifting it a little bit and just doing her little wine and this is you know so that's the environment I grew up around. And I know that influenced me as a DJ because I just knew that that energy, like like bringing that positive, you know, family vibe or that just that energy to kind of not be afraid. Like from an early age, I had to learn to you not be afraid of dancing. So when you see me on stage, like I'm moving around. I'm I don't not... think I've ever seen you dance. I've seen you work, but <laughs> well, I don't think I've ever But seen I'm kind of, you know, I'm always in the groove Yeah, or something. That's true. you I'm, are in the groove. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I'm... I do like that about DJs. When I see them kind of just feeling it, I, that makes me enjoy the party exactly. more. Exactly. That energy is just... contagious. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cause, cause absolutely. Like, because like at a young age I'm like you know I don't want to dance and then it's like but my granny is dancing you know like I got no excuse you know I got a much more limber body well you know she can get low but (laughs) (laughs) she can get low but then she get pain in her knees and her hip might feel a little bit of nothing to rum can't tell boy right (laughs) all the rum uh, so then, how did you? Okay, baseball. How did you find? You're in. You're in studio. People yeah. obviously can't see this, but mm. you're in studio rocking uh, an Expos, Expos cap. Expos hat, yep. which I, I have one of the I greatest have, logos of all. Time. It is. I have a similar. One. I have a black on black. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, you have the black and white logo on yeah. the black, yeah. the black cap. And I, I love I love rocking Expos. Shout out to Fifty Seven who make these dope hats, by the way. Okay, yes, Fifty Seven. And shout out to the Ninety Four Expos. Yeah, Put out a little yeah, some for them. Larry yeah. Walker, Marquise Grissom, Delano DeShields, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson. Was Moises on the team back then? I believe Moises was on the team. I think Felipe was the was the manager. manager. Who I'm missing? I'm missing like um, who else am I missing from that Ninety Four team? There's someone else who I'm missing that's like, ah, oh, like, um, you said, who's the, the clo- John DeShields? Wetland, I think, was the closer. Yeah, you said DeShields. Yeah, I said okay. DeShields. Yeah. 
Andres Galarraga was the ooh, first baseman. Ooh. Please, anyway, continue. <laughs> the uh, baseball. Yeah, well, I'm... So were you a Red Sox fan or an I was a Blue Jays fan. Okay. Big Blue Jays fan. And my grandfather was a Blue Jays fan. So me and my grandpa would watch games. And that was how I got into it. And that was during the the the, 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 the back-to-back World Series years. Like, that was when I got <sighs> so into baseball. And I think that that era was so influential for baseball. Like, as a well, kid... As a Canadian, for yeah, sure. Yeah, as a Canadian. Sure. As a Canadian. And the kids were, like, loving it. Like, yeah. you know, so I was, I was playing ball back then and... My brother played. My brother played provincial ball. He was an amazing left-handed pitcher and everything. Nice. So yeah, basketball, baseball was my first love. But, but basketball became my, that's the, still the sport I played today. But baseball, yeah, it kind of came through watching games with my grandpa and uh, and just kind of getting in around the hype around the the World Series. I was just um, I was just telling you I was in Tampa, um, a training camp. No, actually, Grapefruit I, we, League, Grapefruit League, excuse me. Yeah, we we didn't even we didn't even go to Dunedin, but uh, interviewed uh, R. A. Dickey. And uh, who won a Cy Young with the? Is Mets that before. all you did with Ari Dickey? Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I also. Well, by the time people hear this, they probably, probably have seen <laughs> the interview. But I, because uh, he, he's a, he's sponsored by Head and Shoulders. I remember I so I, I once asked uh, Michael Phelps if I could run my fingers through his hair, which I did, I think. <laughs> uh, I'm, so, I'm just a weird interviewer. So anyway, in this interview with Ari Dickey, I, I, I watched his hair. We're all, time's almost done here, isn't it? Yeah. Just... <laughs> And it was it was like it was just so weird because first of all I don't have hair like all right like I guess I could just say it like white people yeah. I mean it's not being it's not being racist I'm just saying yeah it doesn't so, grow the same way no it yeah. doesn't grow yeah. the same way so I've never washed that kind of hair before so I had to like hey how do you guys wash I was asking the ladies in this weird in this like uh, hair salon like how do you wash it so I brought like these like blue rubber gloves and I put way too much like head and shoulders in the lather but it was pretty funny. And he appreciated it. He said, this shampoo will be the shampoo that all other shampoos are based on. Mm. I said, um, I'm built for moments like these. <laughs> Very weird. Okay, so history. Yeah. I was, um, I, was talking to, uh, I was talking to my girl, and uh, she's telling me the story about one of her girls who is dating this dude. Okay. So they've been dating for like five weeks. Mm-hmm. So the girl and the new boyfriend are telling this story at dinner. So they were looking, they're at her place, and they're looking, they're going to go search something on her laptop. So when they open the laptop, and they, you know, open the browser, whether it's Chrome or Firefox, they, the search history, so they start punching in whatever, and the search history comes up, and it was all, the search history was her searching the guy she's now dating. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, and I don't, just say the dude's name is Paul Murphy, just like all these Paul Murphy listings, and I was like, do girls do that? I, so my question, mm-hmm. I have never in my life Googled a girl that I wanted to date or wanted to, you know, spend more time with or, or whatever. I just said something I've just never done before. But yeah. I know girls do that. For like, guys, for sure. But they, like, and they Google dudes. And I was like, and I was laughing hearing the story. I'm like, how embarrassed must you be as the dude is sitting right beside <laughs> you and he's seeing that you obviously are creeping on this yeah, dude. Yeah, Because girls creep. I mean, dudes creep. But girls really like girls go to a different levels of creeping. Yeah, because they'll find a they'll like look at who you like, whose uh-huh. pictures you like, oh, yeah. who you're following. Yeah. why is he following that? Why is he? And then why is he liking this girl's photo, and not my? Like it's real psychological. Oh, yeah. Dude, just like oh, man, she got great boobs. <laughs> like oh, her body's so hot. That's pretty much it. That's just that's as deep as we go because we're freaking knuckle dragging Neanderthals. Yeah, but uh, okay, so I don't know if you, have you ever found out that someone Googled... Well, you're a DJ, so like people are going to Google you for your work as well as 
yeah, yeah. As the I smile mean, and, and all the and all right. the other well, the intangibles that are not on the stat sheets. I think okay. First of all, I think like. I I had I I had some a little bit of like notoriety before the internet was really a big thing before I want to say before Google like like in like the late 90s or something like I started getting like you know like articles in the paper about me or whatever you know nice. like about being this young DJ coming up so I had a little bit of like local local fame of sorts if I if always feel weird saying those type of things but like <laughs> I was on the cover of the Coast Weekly which was like our <laughs> weekly paper in Halifax it was like Now Magazine yeah okay. yeah exactly and I, I remember going to the cafe and there was a stack of things with my face on it I was oh, like oh sick. shit and, and then I went to the back and I sort of like sat there and ate my chili and then people are like holding up these <laughs> magazines and I'm like that's me on the cover of that I'm like oh, okay cool and so from from you know from an early early point i just realized that like you know i got to decide what i let people what let what i let out there and what what put what i put into the world and what i keep to myself you know what yeah. i mean so i i think before that i just i'm a pretty open person anyway and i i'm you know stand by what i do or what 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 i think and but I, I don't think I, I kind of feel like I know that it's possible for anything to be out there. So I'm kind of like, yo, just make sure whatever it's like that you really hold dear to yourself. But like I say, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So I, I don't think that I don't think that. Do you, but do you know that you've been Googled by chicks? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Is it like, I don't know. And I don't know if my, if my, if my girl right now Googled me, my fiance, shout out to my girl. Got, okay, just got yes. engaged. Oh, congratulations. Thank you very much. To, and welcome to the end of your life. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know if she did, but it's like, uh, I, I I know for sure certain people, and then sometimes they, they divulge information. It's like, man, you, you've been like researching, like, you know, and that's kind of when it gets a little creepy. It's like, what are you, what do you know that you don't tell me? But I will say something before Google, a funny thing about like happened before Google at a DJ gig once where I had this pop night on Thursday nights at the Velvet Olive in Halifax and I was playing it's called the, 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 the Velvet, Velvet Olive the Velvet Olive yeah it was okay. a great legendary place that's actually where me and Mark Mirage played uh, before the you know to get our name before the Jazzy Jeff show okay. anyways I'm DJing and these two girls come up a little tipsy and they're sort of like hey and I'm like alright what's up ladies you know he's like, they, and, and, and one of them kind of leans over and she's like we've seen you having sex before what? <laughs> I'm like, what? And I'm like, we live, we live across the street from you. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah. She's like, yeah, those windows, they, they're, they're, they're kind of transparent. Like, oh, <laughs> my- wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. So wait, these girls watched you yeah. work <laughs> after work. <laughs> that is, so wait, it's so... So they, okay, so then what? Then and you're well, like, they said that we've seen you having sex with your girlfriend, which means they probably saw it a couple of times or something, like because it's like they don't like like I'm like, and I'm just kind of like, huh? I'm like, okay, like that's kind of weird. <laughs> no, not kind of weird. It's one thousand percent weird. And then like to tell you about it too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I was kind of like, uh, all right. Well, and from that point on, I'm like, you just never know who's really watching. So, you <laughs> guys, yeah. did you buy some blinds? Like, yeah, I bought use... blinds the next day. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is my space. Wait, so okay, but then okay, so you had a but see, the, you had a girl at the time. But didn't... they didn't say anything bad, so I guess I'm proud of my work. I guess. <laughs> You should have you should have followed up. You're like, yeah. So so what's yeah, up? So, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so what did you think of the technique? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about my ones and twos? Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, that was that was terrible. Um, <laughs> all right. So speaking of girls, when you're on uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. 
and you you press the heart and you have you have that little indicator that oh there's some activity on my Instagram page uh-huh. whether there's new followers uh-huh. or comments or likes mm-hmm. when you press that heart and then you're going through the people that have been that are like new followers true or false if you see a female in the avatar you click on the avatar you click the profile yeah, probably that seventy-five twenty-five theory holds pretty true for that too. <laughs> Dude, for me, it's one hundred percent, like one hundred times out of one hundred times. Well, you if know. there's a if there's a female, I'm like, oh, let me just let me just see. And then when it's like protected, I'm like, ah. yeah, I'm like, ah. do you click request or no? No, 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 <laughs> no. I can't, I can't, I can't be like. I would, I would just like to casually creep just to see, like, oh, yeah. I'll look at the top six pictures and they're like, oh, and if there's more intriguing stuff, I'm like, oh, I'll spend a well, little bit more time. Well, that whole protected Instagram thing is weird because it's kind of like one-way glass or something like that. Yeah, you're like, they can look at you, but like, you can't yeah, look at them. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, what's up with that? That's yes. kind of weird. You should, you should actually submit your your profile to being followed if you are following somebody. I think but, that's that's a that's a good point. But, but I, then, I, under- but, I understand it. I understand it. Like that's more on me. If I want to be make mine private, I could make mine private. But in the in the in the idea of it, you know, well, some people think you should make it private so that people are more likely to request because they think they feel the special if they get accepted. Ah. There's like that train of thought. I don't, I don't subscribe to that train of thought, but, um, but yeah, but, but, but to your point, yeah, I mean, no question. I think, I think that, you know, you're more likely to want to look at a uh, girl's life, but in DJing, I mean, honestly, there's like, there's, there's cool DJs out there that follow me sometimes like, yo, I got to see what the homie's Wait, doing female DJs or like and dudes and then you got the double whammy of the female DJ you know that's like a, that's like a, like that's like scoring 10 runs in an <laughs> inning like you just like cause some of them like some of the uh, uh, I guess electro DJs are like these super hot women and yeah that whole that the whole industry the female DJ industry is a whole I'm sure they're talented I'm not saying they're not talented yeah but I mean being hot as well is just like adds to it yeah yeah I know and, and I'm sure it's like not easy for uh, an easy world to navigate on a lot of different levels there because there there are a lot of other you know I mean I'm not Leonardo DiCaprio. It doesn't really affect my bookings too much, but uh, <laughs> but you know, it could. It, girls can sort of like you know, like that can be a big thing, you know. But 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 anyway, yeah. I mean, to your point again, uh, yeah. I, I'd, I'd say I'd say I'm more likely to check it out if it's a girl for sure. Nice. I like your honesty. And, yeah, and you want to know who's who's keeping track of you too. You right. know, sometimes you. I I, I do it. Honestly, I do it a lot out of like a, a market research perspective where I'm like, <laughs> who sure, likes sure, me? Like, sure, like yeah. who really cares about me? Is it, <laughs> is it, you know, like 20 year old girls from Toronto or is it, you know, 45 year old girls from Michigan? But I don't, don't really but, know. Yeah, listen, but you don't, you can't tell their ages. You just have to guesstimate. So yeah, some, but you have to do the research to guesstimate. <laughs> You spend a lot of time on planes where you just have a lot of downtime. So you can. Like, it's that time from when you sit in your seat to when you taxi onto the runway until you get to about five, 7,000 yeah. oh, yeah. feet. And then that's yeah. when your signal goes yeah. out. Yeah. That's a good, like, 30 minutes sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my second question is uh, since your mom is from Trinidad <clears throat> and, uh, and you do have the complexion of E from Entourage, uh, do you talk in the movies? Do when, I talk? Do you talk when? Oh, because black people we talk in okay. in the movies. Like when we go to, <laughs> in the theater. Actually, even in our homes, I'm sure. But in uh-huh. the theater, like when I sometimes I will me myself I will prejudge if I see a group of kids come in. If, like if I go to watch a movie at Scarborough Town Center, which I often do because TSN is across the street. I'm like I'm sitting in the front. I don't want to hear anybody talking in this movie because I because I might be talking to myself or I don't want to be uh-huh. disrupted by a group of like 17 year olds. I would say no. I do not talk. You do not talk. In, okay. No. Um, so but I, but I, but I am I am vocal at events. 
What do you mean? Like I, I will. I, I when I watch games, I'm vocal. Like oh, you know, okay, yeah. like I'm. I will. I will shout my opinion of the situation, <laughs> and I will say things. But I do feel like you know the the movie theater is somewhat of a sacred area for 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 keeping your words. I, however, one time I remember we saw Freddy versus Jason in the theater. Come this was, on, in real life. I wa- I went to the theater to watch that, and this Why? movie was so bad. Yeah, it was but, so but, bad. But it's like almost like cult bad. That halfway through the movie, people are like, "This is just like this is movie supposed to be funny bad." And and the rest of the movie became open dialogue between everybody in the theater, like like about what was going on on <laughs> on the on the screen. So that was the only time I really did it. But that was a great experience. I actually really liked that. Like we were all looking well, like you remembered like, it. So it's yo, like we've it's... been duped. Like they they got our ten bucks, you know. And like, but this is a great experience for a whole other reason than I thought it was going to be. And yes. yes, I did go see Freddy vs. Jason. I can't believe it's, just, it's like that's the that's the most revealing part of this whole podcast is that you went to see Freddy vs. Jason. I was put up to it by my roommate and. You know. Wait, were you guys sober when you went to see that movie? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be sober seeing a movie like that. You cannot in any way be sober seeing. I'm one of those dudes that where like when I see an action movie, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, like I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, or when yeah. I see someone die in a gruesome yeah. way, yeah. I'm going to emote audibly. I think that's okay. I think that's okay. But I'm not going to be like, oh man, this part, I bet this guy's the villain. Like right, I, ne- right. I don't say those. I'll keep it to myself and be like, yeah. I feel like this guy's the villain. Yeah. That's going to be the right, twist. Right, right. And I'm never right. <laughs> I'm never right because I'm such an idiot. I might whisper like, yo, like, I think, like, yeah, that's, 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 from, that's, that's the part from the, that's the guy from earlier that's going to do this. Yeah, I'm like, yo, why, look at his hand. Look at his, why, why are they showing his hand? <laughs> like in the usual suspects when they go to the, the they go to the flashback and yeah, they show yeah. Kaiser Sose yeah. killing his family and then walking in slow motion uh-huh. and his, and it, with the fl- with the explosion behind him. I'm like, yo, why do they just zoom into his hand? That was my, I was like, crazy. there's something weird That's about that. That's one of my that. favorite, it gotta be one of my favorite movies. I, and I, I didn't guess the ending, but I thought that I was know. peculiar. Yeah. <laughs> where are you, uh, where are you in the month of April? I am going down to the States to perform and judge the Red Bull Three Style US Finals. Right, because Three Style was in Toronto last year, right? Yeah, the, the World, World Finals. Finals. Yeah, so. And you were on stage with Jeff in that, right? Yep, me and Jeff played, uh, yeah, at that uh, mod club. Right, because I remember seeing that video, like three minutes. And those videos, they pump them out every day. They'd have like, guys performing, the, the, the jam's over at 11, and by 7 a.m. the next day, the video's they up. They had people working around the clock. So the, the event would happen, and then they'd take the footage back, and these guys, Focus Productions from Quebec City, amazing team, they would be working on those videos while we were sleeping and then when you woke up yeah I was like they, what? Would, they like, cut the video and put it out they I say, went to one night. I was like this was this was last night like yeah. how fast were these yeah. freaking dudes yeah really smart on their behalf because the whole world's watching too at that time so they want to know what's happening you want to be the first to deliver the news so right. I'm really Red Bull 3 Style is something I'm, I'm kind of an ambassador for and I'm really proud of the project because it puts the it puts the the spotlight on DJs in the club you know so often at the club DJs are kind of in the back corners kind of like no 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 you, you know, guys are the stars now yeah, the DJs well, <laughs> DJs are stars now you guys are the new stars it's like well, Calvin Harris is as big as anybody in the world for sure and any any as big as Taylor Swift and I'm sure for sure but in the in the wake of that kind of like EDM superstar the hard-working club DJ has sort of sort of like it's a little intimidating like if you're not kind of like standing on stage like like fist pumping or okay. like you know throwing a boat in jumping on top of it or whatever you <laughs> what know? does Aoki do he throws a cake yeah throws something? a cake you know all these kind of like like the, the the extras if you're not doing that then it's kind of like 
well, where does the guy that just has the really creative mixes and the cool stuff go? Mm. So what Three Style has done is given a platform for those people to to do their thing in 15 minutes and show how they rock parties. And so I'm going down to to Phoenix to do the U.S. one, and Sick. then I'm going down to Chile to do the Chilean one in what? May. Yeah, and I'm going over to the Ukraine to do the Ukraine one in June. Oh and my then, gosh! And the World Finals are in Japan in September, so we're going over there for a week and to do the World Finals. So it's it's an amazing job, and and but that's you know sick. and uh, people really think lucky. my job is cool. I mean that's <laughs> like you the you I never see the res- I never get the response from the viewer. I guess I get they they tweet me on Twitter like hey this was cool or man you really suck now. I get that a lot. <laughs> but you like you get the immediate reaction like you from your from your audience from your crowd. Yeah yeah and I mean it's uh, again it's just something built over built over years and that I found I found like my my niche or something so like that's that and and as a DJ like that's all you can ask for is like that's what you kind of kind of seek so uh, again, it's I'm still just a DJ. Uh, like I big up the music and the record. That's kind of that's what it all. Yeah, kinda but you're one of the best. It. You're one of the best because your your talent, your ear, and your hard work. I love watching the videos that you post on your website. Once again, it's scratchbassid.com. Scratch with a K. Bassid B A S T I D, and your Facebook page. You can I'm sure if you if you even yeah. if you you know type in scratch with the C the way it's correct <laughs> it'll probably still d- redirect you to your page and you can go through a bunch of videos where you just it's an like easy 60 second 90 second videos yeah, where you're they're just, digestible they are and they're great they're they're very healthy thank you man. um i really appreciate appreciate you oh, uh, coming into spend i know i've been bugging you for a while like yo let's do a podcast yeah, I just gotta so, find the time when we're both we, we were joking about doing it on the plane that time oh yeah that's uh, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah like how could we do this i yeah. need i think i need a yeah. i might need to carry them you yeah. you brought your yeah your sarai your your laptop in your backpack. Like I say, I, I bring to, it everywhere. You just stay ready. <laughs> I need to, I need to walk with a portable uh, podcast kit so I can, mm-hmm. in the event that I run into you or like someone Lil else Wayne, on the Like Lil Wayne with the mic. And what, what do you mean? Did you ever, you ever see the Lil Wayne documentary? He just brings this mic that we're like looking into right now just everywhere and he just sets up in the hotel room and just records verses. Just and crazy. he just says, I'm an alien? <laughs> I, I, there's some guys that do some great Lil Wayne impressions. I don't, so I'm, I'm not even going to bother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll uh, I'll just... Uh, you leave I'll, to Hannibal Burst. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yes. He's so good. Great. He's so, he's yeah. So good. But, um, but thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate uh, being invited. Thank you for listening to Scratch Bastard on the Subway Fresh Take Hotline. This was Cabbie Presents the podcast. Oh, yeah.